podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The boys are back, and it's a Q&A show. This week, it's just going to be Grant KSU. Uh, no Scott. He obviously recorded yesterday and did the Stanford review. K-State just beat Stanford 24-7, and it was incredible. I hope everybody's doing well. Um, Labor Day weekend was a major success. Um, I had such a great time down in Dallas, hanging out with family, seeing people that I haven't seen in quite some time, and running into a good good handful of boneheads uh, around Jerry World. It was it was just a great time. Um, it felt so good to be back in a stadium without COVID restrictions. We had about what twenty eight thousand people there total, and I it really truly felt like fifty thousand to me. Um, you know. Uh, it was a great time. The energy that the people brought was 10 out of 10. Everyone was excited to be there. And the Cats played, you know, pretty well. Uh, handled a Power 5 opponent about as well as you could. And there was a lot of exciting stuff to see. And a lot of exciting things came out of that game. I really enjoyed it. It was great seeing a lot of new faces. Um, I genuinely had an excellent time and i cannot wait to get back into the bill next saturday 9 11 against southern illinois full capacity absolutely itching to get back um so what's going to happen here today is i'm going to take the questions the postgame questions but it's just going to be me obviously and before we do that just going to drop in spotify green room you guys know the drill at this point. Every Wednesday, we hop on Spotify Green Room, which is an audio-only online um, kind of like chat room. You hop in, and we just do a live Bosco's Boys show. It's a great time. We've had Taylor Bratt hop in, KSU Fan hops in, Derek Young, Grant Flanders. They come in every once in a while, and a bunch of really, really good K-State fans as well, and we all just kind of have a platform and we discuss and it's it's a great time it's free to download in the itunes or whatever apple store spotify green room 7 p.m wednesday nights we hope to see you there to talk to cats now let's start the show it's the moment of the evening every k-state fan enjoys Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco Boys. Ooh, Bosco's Boys. Come on, boys. Bosco's Boys are back. I'm kind of depressed that I'm not with Scott on this one because it was so much fun. Um beating Stanford and just the whole Dallas trip was great and it would be so much better for us to have been able to do, you know, a traditional kind of recap of the game and answering questions together. But it's not to be and we'll be together again on our preview with Southern Illinois. Also, I'm recording on the absolute worst laptop of all time. I haven't opened this laptop in like four or five months and I'm really worried about what's going to happen with this episode. So the odds of me losing this are very high. But let's just get into it, and hopefully we don't run into any horrible bumps and bruises along the way. And let's get to the question, starting with the good chef, of course, always coming up big in these Q&As. And he starts this off with saying, let's start positive. Is the lynch mob back, or is it still too soon? Amazing question, and I loved to see the mob 
uh, sign being flashed throughout the game. I will say uh, that it this defense really exceeded my expectations um, as a whole, but I've kind of been touting them, you know, that secondary and that D-line for some time, and I've been very confident about that first line. I think what I was more impressed by was uh, the rotation, the amount of rotation. So a certain amount of guys got, you know, snaps, and it was able. I, we were able to see them in bigger chunks than I anticipated. And it didn't feel like there was a huge drop-off across the board. I thought the line was disruptive throughout the day. Pretty much anyone who was in there... Um, outside of a few stretches and boy that secondary that secondary is really 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 fun I think the one line is pretty insane our boundary corners are deep and I think our boundary corners are the best part of that unit and they probably struggled the most of course it's probably the most difficult job is to be a boundary corner in the secondary you're isolated but the coverage was good they just didn't you know they need to finish the play um, Julius Brents was glued to that number five wide receiver on that play on that catch along the left side of the field. He just didn't, didn't get himself turned around in time. So small things like that to improve on the boundary corners, but I was impressed. I mean, the team speed on that defense is faster and the size seems bigger than we've seen in a really long time. I'm not ready to say the lynch mob is back, but I'm not going to be a stickler and say that they shouldn't be throwing up the sign because it gets me excited every time I see it. So throw the sign up, you know, believe it, and let that lynch mob mentality kind of bleed bleed into you and dictate how you play. So I loved it. Uh, next question, at Dino Shores. Lots of newcomers on defense this year. If you can only pick one, who would you say made the biggest difference? Um, good question. I really, really enjoyed all of them. I think every transfer, especially on the defensive side of the ball, um, looked very fun. Uh, if I had to pick one, and you know we're coming, it's one game, so I think this would probably be better served halfway through the season as a question, or at the end of the season, we can definitely evaluate, and I'm sure we will. But after game one, um, Timmy Horn was a monster on the line. Uh, he was basically owning the center every single time he was on the field. Every time he was on the field, um, whoever he was matched up against was pushed, you know, two yards in the backfield minimum. So Timmy Horn was very, very good. Um, and I would give an honorable mention to Russ Yeast. He was excellent. I mean, he was swarming to the ball. He was positionally very, very good. He had a pick um, and just looked He looked great. I mean, he looked a lot better than I was anticipating from him athletically. So I'll, I'll, I'll say Timmy Horn, and then honorable mention goes to Russ Yeast. Back to Chef Andre, 3-3-5, yay or nay? I liked it. I think we were still very disruptive on the line, and it provides a, a bit of versatility to the defense. Um it's kind of uh, – we've seen it in our league already, you know, with teams like West Virginia, and it causes a lot of problems for offenses. Uh, and, I, you know, I worry when we only bring three uh, if we're able to kind of disrupt the quarterback. But we had plenty of penetration at times, um, and it was, it was impressive. So I think, I think the three-man front works. Uh, I don't want to see it all the time, but – I enjoyed it.
so almost notoriously poor in the third quarter last season, and we had our struggles with it in Really sure. They seem to really, really struggle um, in the third quarter coming out of that uh, out of that halftime. So, luckily, we weren't punished on the day. You know, we we had a 14 point lead and we kept it. But I, it, it's concerning. If we want to be a top team, we need to be better coming out of the third quarter. We can't be giving teams basically full control of one quarter, which happens. It, it's happened in the past. And it didn't necessarily happen on Saturday, but, you know, we, like I said, were pretty impotent. It was a sterile offensive performance in the third quarter, and, yeah, it's a concern. Chef, was Joe Irvin the biggest disappointment uh, just getting by warmed up? I don't know what that second part means, but, uh, no, I think uh, that's harsh on Joe Irvin. Uh, He had, what, he had, like, three carries, and I thought his first carry, he was pretty good. He ran for about six yards, and he's really explosive, um, you know, through the hole. But his other two carries, he didn't really have much of a chance. You know, he was met pretty much right at the line of scrimmage, and, you know, that's not really... It's hard to hold that against Joe. Um, But I thought he looked solid, and I think he will be solid. I still kind of... I... I will walk back that I think he'll get the most carries eventually. I think Deuce will end up getting the most carries now. Um, he is just a weapon, and he's good out of the backfield. Um, he's clearly our best running back, and he's clearly our best offensive weapon. So I dial back what I say. I thought Joe Irvin might eventually um, get the most carries out of the backfield, but I, I think it's just going to be Deuce. He's straight up elite as a player, and you know he's good running back. So, I, I I wouldn't say I was super disappointed by Joe. I think we need more. We need to see more touches, more time. I'd like to see more from Jacardier Wright. You know, he was pretty good on Saturday. He had one carry that was a really nice, patient run, and he was very good in the blocking game. So I, I'd like to see Jacardier get more time, but that's just me. Um, at T Kobe O seven Tyler Oblinger. Who would you have liked to see during garbage time? Seem to keep the starters in even though the game was out of hand. Well, I left with about seven minutes left because my ride was leaving. So I didn't see much of garbage time. I did rewatch the game. Uh, players I would like to see. I, I would, again, I'd like to see Jacardier get more touches. Um, defensively, we just, ro- I, I don't know. I mean, that's a great question. We rotated so much basically everywhere on Saturday that I feel like we kind of saw a lot of people already. Um, trying to think here. I'd like to see, you know, go more at Keenan Garber, go more with Howell, trying to get those peripheral wide receivers more touches um, later in the game. That might be beneficial. And we have a th- about a 1,000 running backs, so give some of those other running backs some touches. Um, and maybe, you know, the game was out of reach, so... I maybe would have considered putting Skyler 
on the bench and seeing what Will Howard could do. But I don't know what they want to do with Will Howard this year. I know they've been talked about, or it's been talked about, wanting to give him his own type of, you know, situational set. I don't buy that yet. Um, he still has a red shirt, I think. So, I don't know. I don't know what they want to do with, with uh, Will Howard. Um, but I wouldn't have hated to see, you know, seven or eight minutes of Will Howard at the end of that game. I think that would be helpful. But, again, that is just me. I had no problem keeping the starters in um, early. Shake that rust off. Do every, Use every minute we can. It's not like we were up 45-0, uh, but didn't bother me too bad. Back to the chef. The rotations were very frequent. Not a ton of reps for Echo, J-Mac, and Boom. Are you happy with hockey subs? I don't know how, how you know, if that kind of trend is going to continue. Um, I would have liked to see J-Mac on the field more. Echo played about the same amount of uh, reps as the other two boundary corners and Justin Gardner and um, Julius Brents, but I was disappointed not to see J-Mac on the field more. I, I, want, I think J-Mac should be on the field almost 80, 90, 90% of the time, and I don't know what was up with all of I mean, we rotated like crazy, and I would have never anticipated it to be that much. I know we like to rotate in certain positions, like the defensive line, but... It was interesting. Um, maybe they're preparing themselves for the throws of the Big 12, which, you know, defenses get gassed because it's just so much no huddle. It's it's so fast-paced, and maybe that's they're trying to get them ready for that. Um, but it was interesting. Uh, hey, if, if it keeps the guys fresh, if it keeps the guys hungry, um, you know, by all means, keep that heavy rotation in. But I would like to see our best players on the field more in that, you know, J-Mac is one of those guys. The chef again, was the Jerry World experience satisfactory? I had never seen a game in Jerry World. I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, it's a it's a pretty remarkable stadium. It's disappointing to see about, you know, 30,000 fans there, but, you know, that was anticipated, and I would encourage people, if we end up back in Arlington or if we end up back in another type of game like this, to buck up and you know, make the trip because it is so much fun. It's way better than any other non-con game in Manhattan. Um, you know, it's an event and you get to explore a new city. You get to meet up with people that you haven't seen in quite some time. And most importantly, the players absolutely go apeshit for it. And that's what's, that's what matters most. So, uh, it would have been nice to see another, you know, 10, 15,000 people there, but, um, it was loud. I mean, the fans that were there were very engaged, and people were seriously amped up. Uh, you know, we haven't been to a game. A lot of us haven't been to a game at all in quite some time, um, including me. So I was full of energy, and I had a really, really good time. Um, crazy stadium. I, I hope to come back not once, but twice more this season. Um, and you bet that, you know, when we're in the Big 12 championship, there's going to be a lot more cats fans there. It's gonna be it's gonna be purple. So, Mike Smith. I saw Mike Smith on Saturday. He came to my seat and we hung out and talked. It was good to see you, Mike. As Bosco, I was a little underwhelmed by the O line at times, given their experience. Any reason for concern? Um, not totally for me. 
I'm concerned about that third quarter performance. At just to reiterate, they were you know they pretty much lost control on the O line. We were not dictating the line of scrimmage whatsoever in that third quarter, and that bleeds in basically to the entire offense, and it puts more stress on the defense. So the third quarter is worrying to me. And there were some times where we lost some battles, um, but I thought, you know, overall they were pretty solid. You know, Stanford is has some pretty good defensive linemen, and I just think, for the most part, that offensive line was in a pretty solid rhythm. So I would have given them, you know, a B-range type of game. They were able to do what they wanted. For mo- the offense was able to do what it wanted for most of the game, so I I, I don't have too much concern give uh, with the offensive line. I thought they played pretty well. Ace Edwards, shout out to Ace who has another podcast called Aggieville Alley Cats. Check that out if you haven't. It's a good listen. Um, do you think K State's dominant performance will get them votes for the top twenty-five? Not enough for a ranking, but a decent number. Why not? I mean. Let's just take a look. A ton of top 25 teams lost this um, this past Saturday. I don't think any of them were in the upper end. I think it was a lot of actually kind of top-heavy losses and, and losses through the middle of the top 25. But why not? Why the hell not? I think we could receive some votes. I think it's going to probably take a little bit of time. Maybe when we're, if we're 3-0 will be able to crack that top 25, but I would not be shocked to see some votes here. Um, I mean, we played pretty well, and we dominated a Power 5 opponent that wasn't Kansas, so I hell, I'd vote for us, but, you know, that's me. Cam Augustine, that's Cam A-U-G-U-1. Do you think the defense keeps up this hot streak, or they are, they are on, or will they fall off a bit or a lot? Um, I truly think that this defense is, when fully healthy, a very salty defense. They were flying to the ball. We had speed, lateral speed, like sideline to sideline speed that we have not had for so long. Um, and we have dominant guys in the trench, like Timmy Horn, guys that can legitimately move two linemen two yards. And we've got speed on the edge with Duke. And I just, I, I really think, I'm super excited about this defense. I'll just say that. Mostly excited about the secondary, but um, again, is the mob back? Is the lynch mob back? Who knows? But I thought the defense was very, very impressive. We basically shut out a Power 5 team, again, that was not Kansas, and that's really hard to do. That is really, really hard to do. I think, um, for the most part, Stanford's um, weaknesses, which they had, no doubt about it. I thought their quarterback play was pretty terrible. Um, if they had, you know, slightly better quarterback play, they're probably on the board for, you know, 10, 14 points. He missed a few tight ends in the seam that were pretty much wide open. If he hits them in stride, I don't think we stop him. But, you know, for the most part, I think a lot of their issues were caused by us disrupting them. So, I will say that they're going to keep up. They're they're going to keep up this level of play. I mean, we've got Southern Illinois next week at home, and what I anticipate to be a very very excited crowd to be back at home. So, I expect um, I expect what what I will say with, about this defense is they seem to have 
an energy level and like a swagger level almost or you know their their chemistry is seems higher than it's been in a really long time we've got i just think all of our transfers are really really good so far and you know we got young up and coming talent T Dense and TJ Smith those guys you know there there's not a really much of a drop off there those guys are talented and they play fast and they like to hit hard and it's just exciting so i i think they will keep it up Class and Kitties at K-State KC. If you're a recruit considering K-State, how hard are you signing with the Cats after that game? I mean, you're, you got to ask for a second pen because you broke the first pen in, in half. You're signing so hard. Michael Murray, KS, our boy Michael Murray. Is it good that the Cats didn't allow any points until what was essentially garbage time? Yes, absolutely. It's great. I mean, I've said it probably five times already, but... Not letting a Power 5 team score that basically is not KU is not easy to do. Our defense was pretty much all over them from start to finish. We had a couple slip-ups there that um, they probably could have exploited with better quarterback play. But, I mean, I'm, how could you not watch that game and be super excited about the defense? Everything they did was pretty impressive. And I called out Joe Klanderman prior to the game. Um... And still, it's still early. You know, it's only one game. But I thought Clandy had a heck of a game, and he was he was really really good. So may have eased my concerns a little bit about Clanderman. Um, I actually think this kind of goes into the next question. Yes, it does. Nick L. Nick L. One one three four. Do you think Clanderman moving the field? Oh, actually, that's. Do you think Clanderman moving to the field to call plays made a difference? I am not a coach. So this is coming from someone who has literally zero coaching experience at any level for football, just a fan. But to me, it seems like being in the booth would make it better if you were, I don't know. It just seems like as an assistant or as a coordinator, offensive or defensive, I would want to personally be in the booth so you could see pretty much everything. But you lose that ability to that face-to-face, you know, that communication. So, so maybe, um, maybe I'd like to have a coach on here to talk about that. Talk about the small differences and intricacies of if you're on the booth versus, you know, being on the field. I want to say that Hazleton was on the field and, you know, I don't know. I'd like to go back and see, Different uh, K-State defensive coordinators in history that would be on the field versus being in the booth, and it's just an interesting question. But um, if it serves him, I mean, I thought this was one of his better defensive calling games, so if it serves him better to be on the field, then, you know, so be it. Stay on the field, Clandy. At Kalen Bowler, thoughts on Ryan Hennington's performance? Uh, He was okay. He concerned me a little bit. He got lost in the seam a few times against that tight end, which could have easily been a touchdown. I would prefer not to see Hennington elder types on the field. Um, I just I don't think they're at the level that we need our players to be at if we want to be where we want to be. So I don't know. Um, again, I thought Hennington was okay, but uh, he got exposed a few times. So... Um, another question from Kalen, Callen, sorry, I don't know what your name is. How much of a confidence boost with this game moving forward? For me, I feel pretty confident. I mean, there are some obvious worries. Um, namely, I thought, you know, 
and I don't want to answer this if somebody somebody gets to it later. So if if we don't get to it, I'll talk about it at the end about my concerns. But it was just so fun to see us play again. Um, you never really know, especially coming off of last year. COVID was such a weird year. Uh, you couldn't really tell where the program was at all. Um, and we lost we had lost five straight games. So getting that getting that monkey off of our back was pretty huge. And to get that taste out of our mouth was 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 large for sure. But you never know what's going to happen in a game one type scenario, especially against another power five opponent. Um, it's there's rust across the board, and those games rely so much on momentum and emotion. So I, <laughs> it feels good. I mean, I tell you, I was very happy to be in that stadium and never really be shitting my pants like I normally am. It, it was just start to finish, we were pretty much in control. I never felt like, you know, at at risk of losing control of the game. Um, so not only was it a win, a dominating win, it was a nice, comfortable win where I was able to sit and enjoy and just be in the presence of people that I love and watch the cats. It was it was heavenly. I feel pretty good though. I mean, I will say my confidence is high with this team. Blake Morris, this is a Timothy Horn appreciation tweet. He had the center on skates every single play. I agree. Ask Bosco, can Timmy Horn be the defensive player of the game? I think that's totally fair. Uh, Timmy Horn was pretty damn impressive, and the only one I would, the only other person I would give it to is Russ Yeast. I thought he was, thought he was excellent. But um, I have no qualms, Blake, giving it to Timmy Horn. Ask Bosco Evan, thoughts on 335? Um, how big of an impact do you think Klanderman being on the sideline has? And we already kind of talked about both of those. I like the 335, and I think Klanderman may be thriving on the sideline. We will see. Time will tell. Thoughts on the three man defensive front from Callen? Already had it. Um, Michael, 1520-6384. Nice win. But are you concerned about the offensive line? I have concerns. Again, I'm not super concerned about the offensive line. For the most of that game, the majority of that game, our offense did pretty much what it wanted to do. Um, and had we not had... Let's just remove the third quarter entirely because we know what happened in the third quarter. We lost a little bit of control um, in our third quarter slump, which is worrying. But we... for So for 75% of that game, offensively, we basically did, I think, what we wanted especially those early drives, that first drive, had we, if you remove the mistakes, the self-sabotaging mistakes where we um, kind of killed ourselves a bit and some penalties here and there, I think we legitimately drop 35 to 42 points um, and we make this game look much worse than it is. Um, the offense is rusty. And I think, you know what, this this happens every season. I know the chatter has been about the offense being ahead of the defense and the offense having a higher ceiling than the defense. But going back to my fandom's birth every single year early on, the defense is always ahead of the offense. Um, and it looked to be that way this year. You know, um, I thought the defense had a bigger impact in this game than the offense did. And, you know, the kinks are going to be ironed out. I have no worry. I think that the offensive line was fine. And I think they'll be fine going forward. Michael Pereira, that's M underscore Pereira KSU. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much did Stanford suck? Is 10, be like, they really sucked or 1, they really sucked? I will say 10 is where they really sucked. So, 
I don't know. I don't think Stanford is very good. Um, I was surprised to have the to see their three and a half over under win total going into the year, but that does look a little bit more accurate. They have a brutal schedule, but you know what? I think K State might be one of the best teams on that schedule. I truly think that. I am buying into this team hard, and you know, I think the Pac-12 is really, really weak as a whole on the field. So Stanford struggled, but. I think where they struggled most was under center. I just think, you know, they need to they've got a young quarterback and an old they've got a an old quarterback who's shit and a young quarterback who's really talented, but you know, he's young. So when you have struggles under center, it's gonna it's gonna be tough to, to succeed as a team. But I think Sanford will end up being five, six game winners this year and kinda of be in the middle of the road team. So I don't know, where does that put me on the one to ten scale? Probably a five. So they sucked 5 out of 10. Back to Evan, and he's quoting Jamie Pollard here. Is Jamie Pollard trying to put the Farmageddon freeze back on? And Jamie Pollard's tweet was, Congrats to the Wildcats. Great win for both K-State sports and the Big 12 Conference. (laughs) I don't know. Jamie Pollard is an interesting character. Um, But I tell you what, I fuck with that tweet. I, I respect it. I think he saw... I think he saw the writing on the wall, and he saw Daddy is back, and I think he's just trying to get, trying to get out ahead of things before Iowa State comes to town and we have to take their lunch money again. So he's trying to get on good terms. Farmageddon Freeze is absolutely off. We are in season, and they are direct rivals for us winning a Big 12 trophy. So fuck Iowa State. I hope they get beat this week by Iowa, and they're on college game day, which is nauseating. But I tell you what. We take care of business these next few games. We have a very good chance of getting college game day in Manhattan. So let's just back those boys to keep winning. It's Evan again. Will Daniel Green be out the first half of SIU next week? I think so. How do you think that affects our defensive game plan? I like this question because it kind of feeds in exactly to one of my points about um, in the blitz questions, which was Daniel... Daniel Green was my defensive MVP solely because I wonder what the defense will look uh, when he's not playing. Um, I think he's our best linebacker, and I thought Daniel Green played pretty well. He looked good. So I don't think it's going to affect us too much um, against Southern Illinois, but I think it couldn't have happened at a better time. It's going to give us a better picture of what that linebacking core looks like without the best linebacker and what the defense looks like without the best linebacker. So... Luckily, it's against Southern Illinois, but, you know, I, I don't think, I don't know. I don't know. We will see. It's it's certainly probably going to affect how that linebacking core functions, but, you know, we're playing probably our weakest uh, team of, of the year outside of maybe KU. So we'll see. It's going to be a good opportunity for other players to step up, though. Evan Still, any thoughts on how long we kept Deuce and Skyler in? I was expecting to see Will Howard 17-0 in the fourth. Do you think they try to maintain Howard's redshirt this season? Yeah, that's that's a question I had earlier to myself in this episode. Um, I don't know. Maybe they're trying to maintain Howard's redshirt. Um, I just... Probably. They probably are. There's really no reason to put Will in um, and burn a year of his eligibility if um, we've got Skyler at full health. And there are concerns. I know there's concerns about Skyler regardless, but I'm not even remotely close to saying it's time to give Will Howard a chance. Um, you know, Skyler struggled a little bit, but 
he, you know, I think it was mental. I don't think it was necessarily physical, and he hasn't played a game since October 2020, and he had a pretty jarring injury on his throwing shoulder. Um, so I think we will see Skyler get back closer to his best sooner rather than later. He just had to get into a, a you know, a game-playing environment. But I honestly think that early interception kind of shook Skyler a little bit because we were humming offensively. We marched right down the field um, on that opening drive, and we looked absolutely unstoppable. And Skyler checked out into a play. He saw one-on-one on the edge. He threw up a silly jump ball to the wrong receiver, essentially. I have no problem with him checking into a one-on-one kind of hot route and giving our guy a chance. But Phillip Brooks was probably the wrong guy. And ever after he did that, really, he looked really hesitant throwing the ball. He looked risk-averse. He did not want to make mistakes. I think he had that opening pick that kind of killed killed our momentum in the back of his mind throughout the rest of the game. And he kind of it looked to me like he was just went into protect the ball mode, um, which probably comes with being out of the game for so long. You know, you can't let those interceptions, those mistakes kind of dictate how the rest of the game goes for you. Um, I personally, and people will disagree with this, but I personally don't think his arm looked as bad as people think. He he left a couple guys short, no doubt, but I just think that that was like him kind of <sighs> snatching at passes, um, seeing guys later than he needs to and kind of snatching at the throw, trying to get rid of the ball quick so because he sees a guy late, and that's the way I see it. Um, but we, we have a small sample size. It's only been one game, so we're going to have to see more, really. But um, it did kind of surprise me, I guess, um, after on the rewatch that we let the starters in for so long. But it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me one bit. Um, KSE Railroader, one of our one of our constants, another of our constants in Spotify Green Room. Did you rebook your hotel for Arlington in December while you were checking out? No, I did not. I've got the hookup in Arlington or in in downtown Dallas, so I don't think I'm gonna have to rebook. But um, I tell you, I'm dreaming. I am dreaming about returning to Dallas, especially when it's a little cooler, because it was hot as fuck all the time. And it got old fast. Ryan Moss. Hey, asked Bosco. The mob made a return on Saturday. Do you think this team is worthy of the hand signal? Either way, it was a nostalgic moment seeing it being thrown around. I don't know if they're worthy yet. I don't know what that even necessarily means. Um... I don't know how you put metrics on whether a team is worthy um, of the lynch mob, but I don't care. I Again, I'm not going to be um, the gatekeeper of the lynch mob. If those guys want to throw it up and it hides them up on the field, then by all means, throw it up, because I absolutely love to see it. Um, back to Mike Smith. Did K-State strike gold with transfers? Nearly all transfers on D stepped up and made plays. Is this something climbing can manifest with the transfer portal like Snyder did with Juco's. Well, I mean, we know he wants to dip into the portal. I think it's going to be what a lot of teams do anyways, but um, shit, I, if he, I had a little bit of concern about what he said regarding the transfer portal. Um, I don't necessarily want to be looking for eight to 10 players every year, but if we can be 
this good. If we can bring in players that are this impactful and at this level, then absolutely. And maybe this is just how it's going to go. Maybe this is the direction of football these days um, in terms of acquiring new talent, less out of high school, and plugging holes with, uh, you know, grad transfers and uh, just straight straight transfers. Um, but, yeah, all of them looked really nice. Uh, Timmy Horn, Russ East obviously mentioned, but Julius Prince did look very good. I mean, he didn't – he had a couple times where he was beat, but he was on the receiver – like glue. I loved, honestly, I thought Stubby looked pretty, pretty solid. He's a lot bigger in person than I realized. Um, saw a little bit of sincere Mason and he's also, you know, pretty big, big guy. So I, I feel pretty good about it. feel really, really good about it. Amata Bebe, obviously excellent. I think he's going to have a huge year and Jesus Christ, he's the biggest of all. I mean, he looks absolutely enormous in person. So I, I love it. Again, I think it's just proof, more proof that this coaching staff is very good at evaluating talent, and um, I have a lot of faith in them. Farmer Bob, which is at peak clown world. Um, after Stanford, which grad transfer excites you the most? Are you having doubts about any? I don't have any doubts about any right now, except for maybe the linebacker, Munoz. I don't recall seeing him at all. Is he hurt? I don't know. Did he play? I truly don't remember. Um... I feel really good about all of them. Uh, I, Yeah, and we talked about them a lot. Russ Yeast I loved, and uh, Timmy Horn, excellent. I think all the other ones are very, very solid too, so feeling very good about it. That looks like it's the last question. Oh, no, we got a couple more from Brett Morey. Brett, did we sleep on just how good this D-line and secondary would end up being? Hell no. You all can go back and listen to what I said about this secondary and D-line. I was calling them elite from day one. I feel very, very good about this one-line team. And maybe I slept on the depth of the defensive line because um, they looked very solid, pretty much top to bottom. But I love the secondary. The secondary is swaggy. We're in the press coverage again. And, man, it's exciting. I cannot wait for Saturday. And last question by Brett Morey. What are the odds a non-con game like this happens again for K-State? I think they're okay. I, I don't think it's, like, going to happen anytime soon. Um, but K-State has a handful of, you know, pretty fun and exciting non-con games in the near future. In the next, I guess, next decade, we've got, you know, Washington State, Tulane, Missouri, Colorado, uh, Arizona, I believe. I don't know where we would go. Um I think it's, you know, Texas is a solid place to be. Um, maybe you'd go back to Jerry World if we're invited. Um, I could see us going to Houston, San Antonio. I, I don't know. Maybe St. Louis. They still have a stadium. And I could also see us, you know, playing a game in Arrowhead one of these days. I'm not totally against it. Um, I think if the deal is there to be done and it's a good deal, um, that's... It's a good. I don't. I don't see any in the near future. I don't know where or who we would play on a neutral site venue, um, or really a satellite home game for K State, which is what that really was. But <clears throat> I wouldn't be shocked if it happens. I don't. I don't know when or or when that's going to be, or if it happens anytime soon. But I'm not totally against it because it's so much fun, and I encourage 
people to do it. If you've ever been to a bowl game, it's essentially that, but it's early in the season when the hope is at the highest. So it's just so much fun, and I would encourage everyone to 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 get out to games this year. Um, get vaccinated first. Get out to games and cheer on the cats because this looks to be a promising, promising, promising squad with a lot of potential and. I think we're going to be in November talking about what could be. So that's all for today. Um, I'm going to wrap it up by talking about, of course, Spotify Greenroom. Check us out Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Spotify Greenroom. It's a free online audio only um, platform where we get together with K-State fans and other you know, big names. Taylor Bratt, Derek Young, coaches, players. We talk the cats. It's just a live Bosco's Boys show. If you like the show, come join us. You can be a part of it. So thank you so much. I hope to see some more people out on the 11th out in Manhattan. Folks, get out there. This is football season's back. We're in the best time of the year. There is no excuses anymore. Go get your vax. Wear a mask if you have to, but uh, get out to the stadium. Support the boys. This is a really, really fun-looking team. I mean, I, I can't even – explain how fun it was to see Deuce Vaughn in person for the first time. He lives up to the hype. We've got some serious talent on this team, so go out and see it. Um, buy some tickets. Get get and see there in person. The, the boys deserve it. So that's all I got. Thanks for uh, the questions. They're great as usual. And folks, meet me at the Cat Hit. Yeah. Go squad. Hey. Look, I wish everyone could tell me exactly what they need from me The first second they speak to me I'm not with all the secrecy secretly beefing me Behind closed doors but playing it peacefully for the streets to see My nigga have some decency Don't move like a puto Could at least keep it a buck like Antetokounmpo I'm made north of the border like Vito Rizzuto Throwing parties in Miami, they loving us mucho With the whole ratio, I'm like David Caruso There's a mass shortage of people giving me kudos I've been doing this since T-Pain was pouring us nouveau You tell them I run the country, they'll say Trudeau Poppy, chulo, gripping, culo And I got the flows, niggas still like boot toes You boys reaching new lows Letting me take the rap for that cast for the ghost shit While you finding all of the loopholes, you niggas move too cold See the watch collection and assume I got time Cause of the ruby rose two-tone Or switch it to the one I call R.P. Nipsey Cause I swear to God the bezel got 60 of them blue stones Maybe I'm getting two stone Calico the marble for my tombstone here lies a nigga that never lied in his new song Or any of his old songs They sing them shits like folk songs Kumbaya, Boombaye Know that I'll stay on me Bad bitches tryna come through and lay on me Tryna get the Earl Grey on me But I ain't really into talking names Only tea you getting from me is one for the walk of shame Heart is on my sleeve and my body is in the hall of fame High fashion And my life is full of climaxes And my wishes come true without blowing eyelashes Up at Brown Crib, fishbowl wine glasses That's how we passing time, 100,000 on the line At the table praying Baker shows a natural nine It never happens half the time, I lose the nights are still a vibe That's the things I accept You over there in denial, we not neck and neck it's been a lot of years since we seen you coming correct Man, fuck her respectfully, I just want my respect 
They try to label me mean, I say what I mean People that could've stayed on a team, they played in between Clouds is hanging over you now, cause I'm reigning supreme Some of these niggas say what they mean, it ain't what it seems Had to pull my niggas out the mud like I'm training marines You niggas hot to them little kids, you ain't famous to me Told you I'm aiming straight for the head, not aiming to please I could give a fuck by who designing your sneakers and tees Have somebody put you on a guild and you play with my seed Trust me, there's some shit you really gotta come see to believe That's why your people not believers, they all leaving you That's why you buying into the hype that the press feeding you You know the fourth level of jealousy's called media Isn't that an ironic revelation? Get that address to your driver, make it your destination Instead of just a post out of desperation It's me reaching the deepest state of my meditation Why you over there trying to impress the nation? Minds running wild with the speculation Why the fuck we peacemaking doing the explanations If we just gonna be right back in that bitch without hesitation? But let me digress on behalf of the association I'll play it cool with you Denmark a nigga like Copenhagen See they getting loose with the line like open cages In a lot Ferrari my emotions racing Dance not a condo, ocean bathing Niggas texting bro but we are not in no close relation I was down to get these niggas credit but hold the payment Somehow I'm the greatest in the game to my own amazement the greatest in the world, there's no debating You boys bout to will me to defeat like we rollerblading Far as the Drake air, man, we in the golden ages Look at the total wages and look at the heroes falling for grace in their older ages If we talking top three, then you been sliding a third like stolen bases Toss around rollies with the frozen faces They used to tell me back in the day, boy, you going places Never understood why I could really take it Yo Podcast Network.